0: welcome back to overthinking movies i'm your overthinking host brandon hayne and as you can see by the title we've got another new release today we'll be talking about jurassic world dominion and talking with me today is of course my good friend and dinosaur and giant monster aficionado alex Shulaki. say hi alex
1: hi alex <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i'm glad to be here i
1: have a lot of nostalgia for jurassic park growing up as a kid And when they made this new trilogy, I was so excited. But having completed the trilogy, I feel that there never was another Jurassic Park since 2001.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen three. But, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll we'll start off with our non-spoiler thoughts on the movie, as usual. And then we'll give a spoiler warning when we're going to get into the full analysis of the full film. So... Just to get it out of the way, my overall thoughts on Jurassic World Dominion. Now, as I've said on previous episodes of Overthinking Movies, I try to go into each of these giving every film a chance and giving it at least some, you know, leeway to surprise me. And overall, going into Jurassic World Dominion, I will say the concept of dinosaurs living among people, even when I talked to people that didn't like these movies, they were like... You know, that seems like an intriguing concept. It almost seems like the type of movie they wanted to make. I know you said that to me, Alex, and it's like maybe, just maybe there will be <laughs> something here. And so I've sat in that theater for two and a half hours, and I can say that No, it's it's kinda just mediocre. Like I, I didn't hate it like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but it was just like really disappointing considering the IP they're working with, considering the concept they had You know, going here, it kind of just is whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really expected to like this. Well, not expected, but I was hoping to at least safely say that I'd like it more than the other two. Um, I also have not been fans of world though both movies have things in it that I like the first one actually had some good writing intermixed amongst bad writing and the second one had some good sequences and really all I can say about this one is that it had some good sequences and not as many as I was hoping for honestly in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason I don't hate it as much as the second one is that there are a few sequences in it that I'm like, oh, that whole sequence, I was in it. That was actually pretty cool. But I would say that the sequences I like in this movie make up about 10 minutes of his two and a half hour running time. That
1: was the problem, yeah.
0: Yeah, especially because, hey, if you're going into this movie for the concept of, oh man, it's it's dinosaurs all over the world living among people globally. There's so much they could do with this. Uh, don't, like tailor your expectations because this movie is eventually just becomes a remake of the first Jurassic park again. Yeah, that
1: was such a strange route to take. They have all this world they could do anything with and they give us like one portion of the movie that actually deals with that, and then they just go to another enclosed space where the dinosaurs are not where they're supposed to be.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, so it was unfortunately... This movie is a disappointment, so I guess we'll we'll try to end General Thoughts here because we're, we're about to start discussing the story and such, so I guess I'll say that... Do I recommend this? I mean, no not really. If you've enjoyed these movies up to this point, then I guess, and you're just going in for the cool dinosaur stuff, you'll probably like it, or get something out of that, I guess, but if you're looking for a good film that lives up to the legacy of the original Jurassic Park, and, and you know, this movie brings back the original actors, did you, if you thought that meant this was gonna be the good one, nah, man, this ain't it. This movie is whatever. It exists. See it if you want, but I would not recommend it.
1: I mean, Brandon, there are people out there who actually do like Jurassic World, both the first two of them. I don't think I know any who would say they live up to Jurassic Park, but there are people who feel less bitter towards them than we do. Mostly people who are younger than me, I'll point out, though.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, sitting in front of me in my theater was a group of younger girls, I would say in, like, their teens to preteens, and they were... Loving it that like with all the jump scares with the dinosaurs and this one little girl, any single time that they defeated a dinosaur and it went away, she started clapping in the theater. You know, that was cute. And when they walked out of the theater, huh. they were like, oh, that was really good. Oh, I want to go to Universal Studios and do all their Jurassic Park rides. And. You know, I guess for some people it, it works, I guess, but for me that's seen so many movies and seen a lot of these movies and knows the potential of the IP they're working with here, Jurassic Park, it should be so much better. It really should. <laughs> And with that out of the way, we're going to end General Thoughts here and we're going to give the spoiler warning now. If you are worried about spoilers for a movie that's just Jurassic Park again, then I guess stop listening now and go see the movie, whatever you want to do. And I'll start the countdown and we'll begin in 3, 2, 1. Woo! Dinosaurs! Woo, Woo! Yay! Dinosaurs! Okay, Alex, so... I will say one of the sequences in this movie that I was kind of enjoying was actually the opening, like the news report oh, okay. where it's going over people doing like news footage and home movies of dinosaurs in their local area. And some of that's some of that stuff was fun.
1: Right. Those the, the scenes where we're actually seeing like the world intermixed with dinosaurs. Right. The, the thing we've all been waiting for that they establish and then eventually don't continue to do things with yeah that stuff was cool
0: and i should say alex and I, maybe this just says a lot about me but the part where it shows the little girl getting attacked by the compies i know they also i know they put that in because it's a reference to the lost world jurassic park that opening scene of it mm-hmm. but i'll be honest when i watched that scene i just started laughing <laughs> I, I was just like a <laughs> stupid kid <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, um, I like that whole sequence. That was fun. Then after that, it gets more into building off of the stuff from... The previous world movies, yeah. Drastic World, Fallen Kingdom, yeah, and I was kind of then out of it, because I just, I just never cared about any of these characters throughout this whole trilogy. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dahl's, uh, Howard's character are there, but I, they never really did much for me.
1: No, I was talking about that with my wife, too, when we went to see it. Owen and Claire are not characters who are really engaging at all. They just exist. Chris Pratt's guy is really a Mary Sue. I mean, he just goes stone cold and does things. I mean, the, the guy can act. I mean, from... Uh, Parks and Rec and Guardians of the Galaxy, he has a range of things he can do if he's allowed to be fun, but for whatever reason, they just don't have him do anything fun in this entire movie.
0: What what do you mean, Alex? He he wrangles up some dinosaurs, Old West style. They don't let him make any expressions with his face while he's doing it, though. He's just... "Mm, uh, uh." That's the problem when you actually ask somebody to describe... Chris Pratt's character in this movie, it you can't really describe him without just describing his profession, that he, you know, trained velociraptors, because otherwise he, he exists. I mean, because, you know, you think of other Steven Spielberg protagonists, and Indiana Jones isn't a terribly deep character, but Harrison's performance has so much personality than anything we've, we're seeing here.
1: I mean, that's the thing. Um, we see the original characters from the previous movies and those characters honestly also aren't very deep characters they aren't very complex but even if they're fairly one-note personalities they're rich in their one-notedness I guess so they get to do things and it's it became much more enjoyable once Goldblum and Sam Neill and the others from the original return because again they seem to have more of a personality.
0: Out of the three, and I don't know if you disagree with this or not, Alex, but I'd say out of the three returning actors, I felt like Laura Dern gave the performance that felt like she was most into it. <laughs> Maybe so. I, I actually dug her in this movie, and, you know, Jeff Goldblum was fine. I don't know, man. I I, I like Goldblum again, but Dr. Grant, he... He seems so out of it. So the first half of this movie, this movie is split into two halves. The first half... And the first half is also split into two completely separate things. Yeah. Yeah, you go ahead, Alex. Yeah,
1: so you have the story of Owen and Claire and their little clone girl living out in the woods, where I guess their plan is to just keep her hidden, probably indefinitely, because they are afraid people are going to want to abduct her. And she is reasonably, you know, kind of upset about this, but they really don't give her a reason why... She should just bear with them on this. You can't leave the cabin. You gotta stay hidden forever. And she goes on adventures with her little, or the big Velociraptor Blue, and it's a sexually produced offspring uh, beta. And then, of course, new bad guy hires a kidnapper to abduct the little clone and the little clone raptor. And then it's up to Owen and Claire to find them through a series of globe-trotting expeditions, which had maybe a good sequence in it, but overall, because of the dullness of the characters, was just kind of dull. Uh, whereas we see Dr. Grant and Ellie meeting to discuss this new famine of or presumably, obviously, bioengineered
0: giant... Uh, locusts they were a biosyn creation right yeah
1: they definitely were i don't th- i think because the dinosaurs were loose in the world biosyn was hoping that people would just assume it was another genetic thing that had been you know cloned from dna from the past and got loose like the rest of them but i think it was something they specifically engineered uh after all this had went down for their purposes yes biosyn the bad guys biosyn <laughs> if you if you wanted to uh have any idea what they were. They do bio stuff, but their existence is a sin.
0: Now, to to the movie's credit, Alex, Biosyn has been a part of Jurassic Park lore before this. They were always like in the novels, the competing company to Ingen. But yes, in the just it on its own in this movie, yeah, it's a very on the nose silly name. <laughs> but uh nonetheless, the way they set up uh, Ellie and Dr. Grant to
1: look into this had me engaged I, I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting that they were the stuff they were doing with DNA to potentially you know disrupt the entire food chain production of the world and uh, a lot of the lore around that and then of course they get invited to the biosyn center where Jeff Goldblum's Dr. Malcolm finds them and sends them on a quest and they meet the nice old man who's secretly the evil villain From there, Ellie and Dr. Grant have to try to go break into a room to get a sample, and though I like the characters, I almost didn't buy that Dr. Grant would want to do something like this as fast as he got into it because his character was usually a bit standoffish about dangerous things. Um, I mean, to be fair, he might have been bored over the last 20 years, and he clearly wanted to get back with Ellie, too, if that wasn't obnoxiously obvious from the first minute they get back together. And I was basically saying, okay, you know what? We know what's going to happen. Just have them get together now so we don't have to wait for it the entire movie and then act like it's a big surprise. Just get it
0: out of the way now. Nope. nope. They just pedal it along throughout the entire movie and then have them get together at the end. I mean, I'll, and I agree with you, Alex, that I was engaged somewhat in their whole quest. And I will defend Dr. Grant's hesitance because when they're at Biosyn, he doesn't actually know what uh, Ellie is up to. It's not, it's not until they end up in the lab where she begins filling him in where he's like, well, okay, I guess I'm in on this. Be- yeah, because she is in league
1: with Dr. Malcolm first while he's still somewhat unaware of the entirety of what's going on. And you get that little sequence where they try to get Dr. Grant distracted with the coffee salesman while Ellie and Malcolm have a chat. What did you think of that? It was pretty silly. And I feel like it was, it made me laugh,
0: but I almost thought it was too silly. It did make me laugh, but the reason why I kind of accepted that laugh was because it was one of the few times in the entire film where I had any sort of genuine reaction. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I did kind of like how they kept the coffee guy talking off screen. Regis is like, yeah, they really did. <laughs> yeah, until he just goes, okay, I guess you don't want that, and like that, that made me laugh. But you don't want a frappuccino, duh. So you a, a soy milk kind of guy or milk milk? What what have we got here? Yeah, I was I was okay with that. I, I'm willing to accept okay. it, but overall, but so yeah, this is all going on where they're trying to investigate the the locust that Biosyn released, and meanwhile, the characters we don't care about are trying to save their adopted daughter clone and the smaller asexual son of blue. And I will say, and this and this is one of the sequences I did like in the movie Alex, I like the dinosaur black market. I really liked that too. It was cool. <laughs> Just It was cool. That was it. Well, visually, it's just a really cool-looking environment where you see, like, yeah, all these marketing guys, like, these sellers just, like, covering their mouths and and restraints on them and and showing them off to sell them, and they have, like, raptors with neck braces on and little, like, cockfighting-type scenarios, and it's pretty sick, and also, many of the dinosaurs in that sequence are puppets and animatronics. Yep. Very welcomed.
1: Um, When you look back at the original movies, they had a lot more puppets and animatronics than I initially would have been led to believe when I was young. Um, a lot of the iconic shots, like the T-Rex's fingers on the gate that you might remember from the first, that's a actual thing. And even uh, the eyes peeking through the the car almost certainly were. And even like in Jurassic Park 3, things that I would not never have thought were actual animatronics were. A lot of the Tyrannosaurus Rex and Spinosaurus fight in Jurassic Park 3 were actually life-size animatronics that people were ducking under, and they just supplemented quick movements with uh, computer animation when they had to for that. And honestly, when this movie started like the raptor and some of the things. I thought actually the
0: CG even didn't look particularly great for today's levels of CG. Yeah, no, honestly, Alex, I agree with you. A lot of the dinosaurs, the CGI just looked like CGI. I didn't really believe fully in these creatures because they just didn't look great and I don't know what it is because I'm sure if I went back and watched the original I'd be able to tell the CG from the animatronics easily but there's something about it the way they move something about the original still just sticks better than these movies
1: right I mean for one problem just the characterizations of these animals are not things animals would actually do so that can take you out of the um yes out of the suspension of disbelief a lot. <laughs> I know you had huge problems throughout the series where they would get really cartoonish and wink at people and things like that or to the camera even. But then also a lot of the sequences with the dinosaurs in the originals Would be either they would move a little bit slower, not like lumbering or anything, but you know, they wouldn't immediately start chasing and then every three minutes get stuck under something or bite something. Because in these movies, and, and this one does it again quite a lot they have all these people getting chased by these giant dinosaurs that they build up to be even deadlier than before, and then they just are never able to accomplish anything. Every time they get close, they slip, they come into a thing in the way, there's something in the way of the road, and this happens like sometimes like eight times in the same sequence, wherein the older movies usually once something gets them out of the way momentarily, it just ends right there instead of conveniently happening again and again and again.
0: It continues the trend of the Jurassic World movies, where the dinosaurs are only allowed to actually hurt or attack the bad guys. I mean, which,
1: to be fair, in the older movies, there weren't many uh, protagonists or parts of the team who would get eaten, but there were some, uh, at least one per film in the originals, if you count the questionably ethical hunter in the first one as part of the team, I think... I would. And then there's really nice people in Jurassic Park 2 and Jurassic Park 3 who get eaten. But this, it's just like, gave me that feel from when I was watching Peter Jackson's Hobbit movies where there were like nine hobbits getting attacked by orcs and spiders and everything and just narrowly avoiding danger and coming off with every hair on their head still intact every time for many, many sequences.
0: Yeah, because part of the recurring thing with a lot of these movies that bring back old actors from older movies, like the recent Scream remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, and also um, the uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, is that They bring back the original actors, but they also kill off one of them to give the film higher stakes by showing that no one is technically safe from damage. And that's what I was expecting out of Dominion, was that they were going to bring back the original cast and then at least one of them would get killed off.
1: I didn't think they'd kill one of the originals, but then they added those two more characters to this one onto the team uh the pilot and then the other scientist who was on their side and I thought maybe just maybe they'd kill one of them but no Uh, there was a scene where Chris Pratt is being attacked and I knew he wasn't gonna die but I really just kept hoping, come on, just eat Chris Pratt, eat Chris Pratt, <laughs> that would be significant.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh. I'd be okay with that, yeah, but of course, no, no, he, he's getting the highest billing. Alex, you can't, you can't eat Chris Pratt, the dinosaurs know his contract. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, t- a couple things about the logic of the Jurassic World movies that I've always hated. Okay, so apparently, Alex, giant dinosaurs and T-Rexes can just sneak up on you. You just don't hear them. Like, they'll just come out of the mist and then just show up, and you just never hear them coming. It's not like the original movie set up that they leave off a sound as they're getting closer. I mean, no, no. The T-Rex can tiptoe, Alex. Well, they actually they do that in here, though.
1: They did They did do the sound thing where they were coming a few times in here, at least when they were reasonably close. Although, I believe that's a thing that a lot of the people analyzing these things say, a lot of these dinosaurs wouldn't actually be stomping like that, even the big ones like T-Rex and stuff. So, I mean, you could take that whichever way you want to. I
0: guess, and you're right that they sometimes do it, but it was inconsistent, right? I just felt like there were a lot of times where the T-Rex would just show up, and people would be like, What?! And I'm like, well, it it's a giant, it, it would be making some sort of sound, you morons. And then also, okay, so apparently, Alex, no matter what the dinosaur is, if you slightly crouch down and hold out your right hand towards the dinosaur, it makes the dinosaur, it wouldn't attack you because it knows you're being nice. Oh
1: my goodness.
0: Oh, that was
1: so ridiculous. That was such... That so took me out of suspension of disbelief. I mean, again with the raptors with this, and I guess you're right, they did that in some other cases. And then speaking of things that they did in the last movie that was stupid and they brought back, I can't believe they did it, but okay, so we were talking about the sequence at the dinosaur market, which is one of the coolest scenes in the movie. And if you're not really interested in seeing the whole movie, maybe you just want to watch that scene as one of the scenes I'd recommend. But after that It just breaks into this long chase with Velociraptors, or not not Velociraptors, with Raptors chasing Chris Pratt. And um, I forget if they're chasing Claire too or not. But they were raptors And they brought it back from the previous movie. The stupidest thing in it that I didn't think even the most devoted young fan thought was a good idea. That when you point this laser gun at somebody, then the raptor locks onto you and goes after you like a heat-seeking missile. They did it again, Brandon. They did it again.
0: So, Alex, say that we're at this dinosaur auction where they showed off this laser technology. I would actually like to pitch an even better uh, solution to this. Um, uh, I call it a gun. Um, It also involves pointing, but then it immediately kills the target you're trying to hit instead of the convoluted idea of pointing a laser and waiting for the dinosaur to attack. Oh my goodness. I can't believe they brought it back. I can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, here's how they would try to defend it, Alex. They would say that, okay, but if the bullet misses, at the very least, the raptor would keep pursuing them. It would keep coming? Well, okay, if
1: the bullet misses, you you shoot a, a second bullet. If you miss your first laser track beam, then the raptor doesn't chase them either.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <sighs> because apparently all the, I don't know, like, I guess there are, like, half androids or something? There was even a, a part at the... I was going to say the island, but <laughs> this isn't on an island. This is at the sanctuary, which is totally different, where the dinosaurs have some sort of, what do they call it, a, a thing in their brain, so when they click a button, they'll they'll come to them, and it's not a shock like the, the shock callers. It's a signal they send to the dinosaurs.
0: It's some sort of, like, satellite device that can shoot out a signal to the dinosaurs to give them orders and make them move which they only use in the movie one time to get to move all the dinosaurs conveniently to this one area on the island so that way it makes sense when they have their big dumb monster fight against the three oh, different don't even get into
1: that yeah, right now
0: oh no yeah, I know oh I know I know oh. we'll get there but, uh, yes, th- that's their explanation, because remember, they have that line where they're like, where-, where the other characters try to say, well, this is wrong, and they're like, do you realize how high the voltage was of the electric fences at Jurassic Park? And, you know, they, they look, at- look at each other like, oh, I guess they're right. <laughs> it's-, it's this whole logic that they started in Fallen Kingdom, the second movie, where they're just, we need to protect the dinosaurs, guys. They're good guys. They're they're trying to help us out, man. And it's like, I'm sorry, but when they're storming the entire earth and attacking people and probably eating families, the logic that this movie expects us to believe in that we're that there's people voting being like, oh, I mean, the dinosaurs are alright. Like, cause you see that part during the news report where they show like a graph of people voting on what they want to be done with the dinosaurs. And apparently there's a split right. between people that want to put them in a reserve. And the people that want them destroyed, though the people that want them destroyed are kind of edging out the other side. And it's like, yes, destroy them. They are killing and murdering people. Like, there's so many parts in this movie. And also before uh, Dominion came out, they released this short Called Battle at Big Rock, which took place after Fallen Kingdom, and was about this like small family living in a motorhome that then uh, gets attacked by Triceratops and a, and, a, and an Allosaur, and it feels so ridiculous because you have this family just reacting to this whole situation, being like, "Oh no, man! You know this is just part of nature. We just need to let it pass," and it's like these giant dinosaurs. <laughs> That are, that are going to murder all of them. And it's like, I, I don't understand where this logic is coming from, where people are just accepting this. Because, once again, it reminds me of Godzilla King of the Monsters, where they're just like, Well, I mean, man, you know, the giant monsters were here first, so it's actually okay for us to let them live alongside us and in some way rule us. And it's like, no, in (laughs) real life, we would be murdering these monsters with the military. I mean,
1: we would, but to be fair, in real life, there would also probably be a group of people trying to protect these things. And yes, you're right. It was very stupid in that Godzilla movie. And that goes, I mean, that was kind of the whole plot of uh, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, honestly, that they have a group who's more invested in protecting them. Of course, at that point, they did have an island and the things in the movie act like animals so I can believe that they're animal-like and they're not, again, things that have chips or signals in their brains anyway, like they're basically a machine that needs protected. I, I I don't know.
0: I don't know. It, I mean, you know, we're three movies in and they're just relying on their same logic. So when I said that I found this film mediocre and I think part of my review being higher than the previous two movies, because I went back and forth in my head whether it was because this movie does things in some ways a little better overall or if it's just because I'm just defeated at this point. I'm just sitting there going, okay... Because I know what these movies are now, and so when things happened that I liked, it heightened my feelings more than I really should have let them, because I...
1: Okay, well, we'll move on to probably the sequence I most liked. So we established that there was a big raptor chase, then after that, they find out where the clone girl is being hidden, and Owen and Claire head to the reserve, which I guess is also where Biosyn is. Well, um, before that, they use a signal to... Was that a signal they were using when the uh, Quetzalcoatl, the pterodactyl type thing, attacks the plane? Because they don't establish that that was. They just say they opened up the force field they have that would have kept the flying reptiles at bay. But then it immediately attacks them and takes out their engine and then flies away. And I would like to think that they were using their signal to do this. Because otherwise, this was really not something that a creature would do. Most... Things don't want to confront flying planes, and if they—if it's a predatory attack, you know they probably want to eat the people, not just rip out the engine and then leave. That was ugh.
0: Yeah, I didn't really understand what was going on in that sequence, but it does lead to. My other favorite scene in this movie.
1: Yeah, this was my very favorite scene in the movie. And this would be when Claire lands, she goes into this really primal looking forest area. And I guess they only had one parachute and they offered it to her because she's the mother of the clone. So they thought this would give her the best chance to survive, though really they just make her be farthest away from where they're actually going, I think. Because of course the other two conveniently land in ice without getting hurt. Anyway, she goes to this primordial jungle after getting the parachute off and sees this deer in the distance. And then this, they have a little bit of that ominous poo, poo. I don't know if it's necessarily stomping or just getting some of the brush out of the way, but this really cool looking, uh, feathered dinosaur with giant claws starts lumbering close and this would be a Therizinosaurus. Just for the record, they don't, I don't think they say the name of it at all, but it was a specimen that they only got a large understanding of in the last few years, I believe. This long clawed thing. They had had the fossils for a while, but they hadn't actually been able to piece together what it would have looked like until, I think, 2019 when I looked that up. And yeah, it was cool with its feathered design and these giant fingers. And even the, the music here is like the only point in the movie where they really add like new music that actually adds something. It just, Gives you this atmosphere of horror as it starts lumbering towards her. I wasn't sure if this thing was actually predatory or not. It like swipes this deer out of the way. Well, initially I was thinking it was something else that would mostly have been herbivorous and maybe eat fish. But these things could have been territorial, so I don't know if it was. And like I said, that was a different thing than this. I wasn't sure if it was out to eat her or or what, but I could buy that it just wanted to kill her. And she starts crawling away from it in the mud and goes into this swamp and it's kind of ducking its big beak-like fangs into the thing looking for her. And it was just a marvelously done little sequence right there, which unfortunately, well, I was going to say unfortunately only lasts like two minutes maybe. But maybe that's why this worked so well because they don't do a bunch of unreasonable Things to get her out of the situation that I wouldn't buy. It just stops paying attention to her eventually because it's not as interested
0: yeah it's extremely especially because like you and I said Alex we don't really care about these characters the new Jurassic World characters but in the (laughs) context of this scene the tension was incredible this creature that we haven't seen before and the way that it just very almost in a millisecond just swipes that deer and decapitates it I also really like that shot too where she's underneath the water and it roars at her and we can see a bit of her face underneath the water while the echoes of its roar cycle throughout the surface like it's extremely well done and uncharacteristic of this entire movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's just like seems like it belongs in a
0: Good movie. (laughs) But don't worry, Alex. The creature returns for the dumb dinosaur fight at the end.
1: Oh, yeah. They ruin it. Oh, yeah. They
0: completely ruin it. But anyway, yeah. Incredible. And then
1: after that... Yeah, it goes back to Chris Pratt, Owen, and the pilot getting out of the ice, walking on there, talking a little bit, developing their, or at least the pilot's character, a little bit. And they have that chase with the pyroraptor, which I believe they describe or some of the things that we're seeing now. This is also feathered. And I liked this touch. They were describing them as genetically pure because, as we know today, a lot of the dinosaurs in this movie do not look like the way they actually would have looked like. You know, people could complain that this is all wrong because that's not what this dinosaur should look like. But of course, you know, these it's not like they went back in time and pulled these things out. A neat bit of mythos to this is that they developed this park based on science from the 1980s and 1990s and their understanding then and even when they reopened some of the other parks in the 2000s and even after we knew what some of these things should have looked like that maybe didn't it would have been a lot faster and economical to just pull back some of the research and, you know, the DNA samples they were working on in the 80s and 90s and use that rather than making something that would be genetically pure right away. So, again, through the world movies, they've had little lines like this that I think is very interesting scientifically, a kind of a meshing of popular science culture and actual science to create something that would have been created in this world, both for science and marketing. So yeah, that brings us to the feathered raptor. It chases down Owen and the pilot. And again, it's just another cool looking thing. Obviously, the best raptor in this movie, in my opinion. If you're not a fan of putting your hand out to block the raptors from going after you, or the atrociously stupid Atrociraptor, the power raptors are a nice, or raptor is a nice touch and They even have it swimming around under the water, kind of bird-like, which was an interesting choice to make too. Again, it's a fairly short sequence and ends with them escaping into some sort of elevator to go down to this shaft, which visually kind of reminded me of the scene in the first Jurassic Park movie where the raptor claws at the door where Ellie's hiding behind.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Once it really kicks into the two teams being reunited and them getting into this big prehistoric bio-reserve forest is that it's very much just trying to recreate little moments that are similar to the first Jurassic Park because it's like poetry, Alex. It rhymes. You have to come back around and (sighs) see, see, Alex, it's the spitter dinosaur. Remember Jurassic Park? you saw Jurassic Park right? Yeah, I saw it about a hundred times yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man
1: let's see so okay I mentioned the therizinosaurus and the pyroraptor, which I didn't actually look up if that was a real kind of raptor or not but they also around this point establish Owen and the pilot that there's also a gigan or I guess they call it gigantosaurus here the largest land theropod to have ever lived as far as we know so it's basically another t-rex design for any of you dinosaur people out there would be more closely related to the allosaurus of the Allosaurids family um it had always been my favorite dinosaur since i was a kid so it was interesting to see it on the big screen and it has a little scuffle with the t-rex earlier on and sends the T-Rex charging on its way, and I was like, okay, well, maybe if we could just keep them separate from now, that's all we needed. But I'll get back to that later. Uh, What's the next thing we're at?
0: Man, I mean, part of this sequence, when we get here, kind of starts blending together in my mind, because it's just a lot of them wandering through the forest and getting hit by dinosaur jump scares. Yeah. Over and over and over again. It's like they tried to pack every single dinosaur bit into this second half.
1: Yeah. Well, okay, so the group... Meets back up, and then shortly after that, basically, that's when things go south, right? Dr. Grant and Ellie were able to steal a sample from that bug, so they're going to bust the big bad guy and his operation here, who really seems underwhelmed by all this. And then basically, the Jurassic World crew and the Jurassic Park crew meet up and team up and start having to avoid trouble while the park is, or the reserve, excuse me, is under some sort of threat after the guy lets out all of the bugs on fire because
0: they, (laughs) or am I skipping ahead? I should explain some of the context here. So the idea is that the leader of Biosyn knows that things are going to start coming back on him now that the sample is getting out for the locusts. So he commands his team To burn the locusts. And kill all of them, so that way it can't be connected back to Biosyn. However, unexpectedly, even though they set them all on fire, the locusts survive. And and in their <laughs> fury, like they you know almost like their their survival instincts to survive, they break out of their cage through the roof of the Biosyn facility and start flying over the top of the prehistoric f- forest. And they start you know dying and falling down into the forest and lighting it on fire, which visually was kind of cool. It
1: was, although. You know, it was mixed as far as suspension of disbelief, but honestly, I could buy them surviving more than I could buy some of the plans of the bad guys. Like B.D. Wong's character from the other movies is still working with this bad guy at this place now, and he was in, you know, the original and then the previous world movies, and he feels... Bad that he helped engineer this series of giant bugs to basically eat the world's food supply so that this one guy could get rich. And he thinks he can undo all of this by getting the DNA of the clone girl and the clone raptor, because... Even if I could buy that the asexually produced girl, something about her genes would make it easier to fight off disease, because I guess... The original was the mother, and she gave birth to a clone of herself, either because she had a dangerous disease that was uncurable, or unknowingly, and then it just so happened that she could save her clone self. But she didn't tell her, so she thought she was just a normal clone, and not this kind of a clone. And I guess for some reason, the whole movie revolved around her and this raptor's dna to stop the plague of bugs. And again even if i can sort of understand maybe what was so special about the the clone girl, i don't know why a raptor made through the same process unrelatedly would have contributed
0: so significantly. I'm not sure either. I know it had something to do with, if, if we can figure out how she rewrote the clone's genes to cure the disease that she had, that the original had, this will somehow help us um, be able to cure, like, cancer and other illnesses through gene-messing around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's all not very believable, but I see where they're coming from, I guess. It just feels kind of contrived.
1: Well, at least at that point, the surly clone girl becomes a little bit less surly and a little bit more bearable to. C. Well,
0: I mean, that's one thing I'll say about this movie, Alex, is that one of the reasons why I was tolerating it more than the previous two is because they didn't have as many irritating characters okay. as they did. You know, in this one, like the the girl was a little irritating, but I I didn't I didn't think she was anything like the two comedy relief sidekicks in Fallen Kingdom or the the brothers in Jurassic World doing stupid things and walking into dinosaur preserves. I didn't mind uh, the brothers
1: per se. I, you know.
0: uh, I I didn't like them at all. I-
1: well, they, okay, to be fair, I think they reminded me of my friends when I was young, and I felt like they would have done some of those things exactly, so maybe that helped. Are these people still your friends, Alex? Um, somewhat.
0: Oh, okay, well, never mind then. <laughs> uh, well, j- j- just don't take their advice if they ever build a Jurassic Park. Well, I, I-, I probably won't, so no worries. <laughs> fair enough. So, yeah, uh, uh, I guess to get back on track to kind of try to steer this somehow into the end of this movie, there's a part where Jeff Goldblum's character, Ian Malcolm, uh, is driving the characters in one of the vehicles. The vehicle, of course, crashes, and they end up uh, near this, like, I guess you could almost say, like, outpost or security tower that is, like, a safety area away from the dinosaurs in the middle of the prehistoric forest, and when... And then, uh, what 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 was the name of this uh, other T-Rex that shows up? Is, that's what I'm referring uh, to it okay. as. After the Dilophosaurus attack, then there is a Giganotosaurus. A Giganotosaurus, and they basically, in this scene, try to just remake shot by shot the scene of the first uh, T-Rex from the original Jurassic Park. It shows up, you can hear its footsteps in the distance, they even have that shot where they zoom in on its face and have it look up and roar in the same exact way as the original T-Rex. And they also have the characters hiding behind a vehicle as the creature walks behind a vehicle, and they try to get around to get out of its line of sight, just like the original T-Rex. They're just trying to copy this scene, one, to pander and prey on your nostalgia for Jurassic Park, and also because, hey, it's like the first Jurassic Park, and this is... (sighs) <sighs> technically the last movie so we got to bring it all around right i mean
1: they even have in
0: the sequence jeff
1: goldblum literally waving it on with the this time it's a torch
0: instead of a flare light or whatever, but even that was exactly the same. Exactly the same. And yeah, then he throws it away. But instead of, you know, getting kind of chased away or getting knocked out like he does in the original movie, he then escapes with the others and they get into the outpost together and we get this scene that I guess fans of Jurassic World or these movies in general would want, I guess, where the new characters and the old characters get to interact a bit. And what I just found funny about this sequence is the part where... Alan Grant is talking to Owen, and Owen's just like, "Yeah, I train raptors." <laughs> and and Alan Grant's like, "Oh, okay, interesting." And it just, uh. I, I just, it feels, and I I know, I know I know part of this is because of how I feel about these movies, but it just, it just feels so jarring seeing Alan Grant and Ellie and these characters from this grounded excellent sci-fi thriller talking to these characters that are like <laughs> their worst spin-offs that are in much, much dumber movies. Well, I forget if this part happened at this moment or not, but there's that part
1: where Owen and Claire are explaining that they worked at Jurassic world. And then Goldblum's Malcolm says Jurassic world. I didn't like that. And I don't yeah, know I mean- if that was something he decided to improv about the movies or I mean I liked him saying that, but it seemed strange that they would have that in because it felt like he was saying,
0: I don't like this trilogy. I think it's just in there because of the nature of Ian Malcolm's character, is that he would not be a fan of Jurassic World because it would essentially just be doing Jurassic Park again and he spoke out against Jurassic Park. That's why I actually think that line's in.
1: Okay, there. but I'll I'll choose to believe what I wanna believe. I could...
0: <laughs> fair enough, Alex. Fair enough. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so, oh good lord. So then, then they uh, split up
1: because for some reason they still need to find this raptor because they made a promise that they were going to find Beta, and the other guys have to go start the power or something, much like Ellie
0: had to do in the first movie. There's a power and there's a security key and there's all these other elements that are just like stuff from the first Jurassic Park. While meanwhile. The pilot goes off to find them, you know, a chopper to get out of the area. And I, I'll I'll say it, Alex. I, I liked the pilot. I thought she was alright. Yeah, she was better than the other characters from Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was better than the main characters were supposed to care about. <laughs> uh okay so we got Ellie and uh, Claire oh goodness I always forget the names of the new characters Uh, (laughs) we get Ellie and Claire going into the one station and it's filled with the bugs with the with the locusts um, on fire falling through the windows of it and then eventually of course they wake up and they start freaking out and so there's a part of them going ew bugs ew bugs and they eventually get out of there Uh, man my brain for some reason even though I saw this movie yesterday my brain can't remember a lot of these parts but it can remember the climax uh, in, at the, yeah. uh, which, I mean, is there something, is there anything else I'm missing here, Alex, that you wanted to mention, or do you just want to get into the big, dumb monster fight? I mean, I'm dreading getting into the big, dumb monster fight.
1: Uh, let me point out before that, there, we touched on it before, there was a part where Dr. Grant goes up a ladder and sees... These creatures. I I just like the addition of these. These were dimetrodons. They were not dinosaurs, but I guess they'd actually be more closely related to mammals, but that was before we had mammals, sort of. Uh, They were a group of creatures from the Permian, and they had them in this cave sequence, which was kind of cool to include. I thought they looked cool, although it didn't make sense they were living in a cave. Most science says that their sails would be a thermoregulatory device, which means they need to use it to emit heat from the sun or collect heat from the sun and if you're living in a cave because you know you were evolved for life in a swamp that would not be something you could do so there was that scene which had cool stuff in it but here's why it was stupid then we go to before the big action-packed climax we get to see the death of the bad guy right i know you were saying you didn't like the shot by shot recreation of the giganodosaurus in place of the t-rex but this was the one that really bothered me with recreating the, the first movie the what's this bad guy's name again I don't even remember
0: Doctor I'm obviously bad. Yeah, I mean yes his real name is Doctor I'm obviously bad but <laughs> Dr. Lewis uh, Dodson okay
1: so Dodson knows that it's game over for him and they're gonna find out about the bugs as he was telling the other scientist who was secretly good the whole time. He can rebuild. He just needs the DNA. So, from once it's time to get out of here, because, you know, everything's going wrong, he grabs what looks like a prop from his desk is like, a historical tribute to the thing that caused Jurassic Park to fail. The actual shaving canister that Wayne Knight's Dennis character hid his DNA in. I guess this guy hides his DNA probably in the exact same one from the first movie because maybe he had it as a souvenir and look, you can still do it now. So he goes and tries to escape and then things go wrong. And then Dilophosaurus, the one that did Dennis to death, or the one that had <laughs> the, done the,
0: Dennis... Yeah, yes, the, 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 the Dilophosaurus the Dilophosaurus killed <laughs> <Dennis>. <laughs> Sorry. the Sorry,
1: the, the one that did Dennis in... A bunch of them go in a more dramatic scene and team up, and it's them getting the bad guy with the canister, just like. Oh my goodness. It was. I mean, it was partially well shot, but it, that didn't help me feeling like why why Uh,
0: because it happened in jurassic park and this is the Uh, last jurassic park movie alex so it's like poetry it rhymes
1: no 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 this is not a jurassic park movie brandon this is a jurassic world movie there has not been a jurassic park movie since 2001 i've been i was waiting for it my entire childhood and i'm still waiting for a jurassic park (laughs) four today
0: (laughs) well jurassic world dominion disagrees alex because this movie is nothing but just retreads of jurassic park And then, I mean, are we there, Alex? Are we we at the scene? Yeah, Brandon, we're there. I don't know why I keep bringing it up like I'm so hyped to talk about it. But, yeah, we we get, just like the first world movie, at the scene where the characters are trying to escape, we get a big fight between all of the big dinosaurs introduced throughout the movie, that being... Uh, T-Rex and Giganotosaurus, and then at the end of
1: there, the Therizinosaurus comes in, too. Uh, this was very similar to World, because in Jurassic World, I think they actually established that a lot of the DNA for the Indominus Rex came from Giganotosaurus. You know, they had a similar look, they're just something that's a little bit bigger than a T-Rex, and like that movie, they fight, and then, then well, in this one, it actually like bites the T-Rex on the neck and it gets down, and after this stupid fight happened that we didn't really need to have for the climax, I said to myself, okay, just stay down. And then it starts panning on the T-Rex's eye after it looks like the people are leaving. And I said, no, stop panning into that eye. You don't need a pan into the eye anymore. Like, it's just going to pop back to life
0: because this is not over. And then what happens, Brandon? It, it pops back to life. Now, okay, so earlier in the movie, there was a very small scrap t- between the Giganotosaurus and the T-Rex where the Giganotosaurus, you know, fended off the T-Rex and the T-Rex went away. So at the end of this movie... the the t-rex our buddy our friend that these movies have told us is cool and we're apparently supposed to like for some reason he he loses the fight again but (laughs) he despite the fact that the giganotosaurus took it down the camera pans in to what we assume is the dead t-rex and we're like oh no not the (sighs) t-rex And the T-Rex opens its eye. He's alive! And he gets up and fights. But he's still not a match for the Giganotosaurus. So the dinosaur from earlier with the big long claws shows up. And him and the T-Rex...
1: Therizinosaurus comes back. And then there's some sort of an understanding. And the Giganotosaurus and the T-Rex are fighting. And Therizinosaurus is here. And he's like, I'm on your side, T-Rex. I don't I don't know why, but yeah, let's do this, let's team up, and then the T-Rex bites the Gigantosaurus and pushes it, and then the Gigantosaurus falls into the Therizinosaurus' long claw-like fingers and it skews him, it shish kebobs him. And a thing that definitely would have worked, made sense, was believable, and was exactly what I wanted to have.
0: <laughs> wow! <laughs> Oh, well, you see, Alex, uh, the first Jurassic World movie only had a fight between two uh, different dinosaurs. No, no, no. You're mistaken. The The
1: raptors were in it, and they team up with the T-Rex, and they were looking at each other like, We got your back, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: You forgot about that. Well, well, I'm wrong, too, because remember, of course, the big water dinosaur shows up and then he also fights. Yep, he he chomps him right
1: up and there you go. I mean, at least in that, it just seemed like more of a coincidence, but it really seemed kind of calculated between the TRX and the Therizinosaurus. And I just, oh man, that really, like, I know you talk about groaning in the movies sometimes, but like, just like mutter to yourself, or do you, like, literally groan? Because I let out quite the...
0: uh... To be honest, Alex, in these type of situations, I actually laugh a bit when I see something that's just so awful and stupid that I'm just, like, in disbelief. Yeah, I mean... uh... Because am I watching Jurassic Park, or am I watching a Godzilla movie? Yeah, uh, uh... Because this is what it feels like they're trying to do. It does feel like that,
1: but, but But worse. Yeah, Godzilla movies are supposed to be stupid, and that's why you watch a Godzilla movie. That's why a lot of the newer ones haven't worked as much because they're not as stupid. But these aren't supposed to be stupid like that. These are supposed to be something you could imagine happening. But that
0: couldn't happen. Well, Alex, see, the logic is is that the dinosaurs have their transmitters in their heads. So they were able to get them to come to this place all at the same time. So that's their logic as to why they're all conveniently in the same place at once. But yes, Alex, once again, we have two predators... Look at each other and be like, hey man, you want to team up? Yeah, yeah man, sure. I mean, you know, usually I'd kill you, but in this type of situation, I mean, this guy's a jerk, right? I mean, we should take him down. Just like how in the first Jurassic World, there's that part after the raptors helped the T-Rex kill the, uh, what's it called? It's like a... That
1: was the Indominus Rex, which was not a real dinosaur. That was the one they created for marketing for the purposes of... Jurassic World.
0: Yes. And then after they defeat the Indominus Rex, there's that part, there's that horrible part where the T-Rex and the Raptor look at each other and they might as well have just nodded where they're just like, Hey, you know, we cool. We cool, bro. And then the Raptor heads out and you're like, what is this anymore? Are these animals? Or are they cartoons? And then Jurassic I World Fallen know. Kingdom confirms they are cartoons. <laughs> they are 100% <laughs> cartoons that you're supposed to look at and go, wow, they're so cool. Because we have, of course, that scene in Fallen Kingdom where a raptor pretends to be asleep, looks at the camera, winks winks <laughs> and then attacks a guy so yeah I mean look maybe look Alex we're criticizing this but is it our fault because we should have expected this at this point they weren't gonna get better they, they've, no, astab- I, they've I established they how this universe works <laughs> uh,
1: I, I mean for whatever reason Collins just really did not like Jurassic Park 3 where there's the the actual battle with the Spinosaurus and the T-Rex which is fairly short and the spinosaurus just ends up killing the T. Rex because the spinosaurus, the the big dinosaur in that movie, you know, it's it's a good fight. It looks good. They they act like dinosaurs would, and I mean, whether you're rooting for the spinosaurus or the T. Rex, it just well, if you were rooting for the T. Rex, sorry, that's life. I don't. All my all my childhood, Cretaceous has been my favorite, and I knew they were gonna do something stupid, but uh, I just. I'm so angry! It was
0: so stupid. Oh, and uh, one last thing I want to mention about this scene, Alex, is remember that part where the T-Rex walks in front of that big, like, circular, like, piece of yeah, architecture? I remember that. And it looks like the Jurassic Park logo. Eh? eh yeah. Get it, Alex? Isn't that clever <laughs> and not stupid? Uh, sure Isn't it funny? Is. <laughs> Uh Uh-huh, it's it's great, it's great. And what was even better was that when that happened, I, like, did a sarcastic laugh in the theater. And the little girls in front of me turned around and were like, what are you laughing about? Like, they just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, so the dinosaurs end their fight and it
1: wraps up that we're just going to live in a world with humans and dinosaurs because I guess in a couple of years, the black market has basically made them... Spread to every continent. I know you might find that hard to believe. I was and gonna ask the-
0: you that question, Alex. <laughs> How did they spread to every continent? I mean, is is the black market just <laughs> dumping them off all over the world? Um, what what is actually happening in these movies? I mean,
1: yeah, um, I, I don't know because I mean, I could like buy the you know like a bunch of us randomly escaped on every continent from neglectful owners, but there's just like herds of them on every continent already. So yeah, then it was such a strange thing too, like. Before we did this, I said the point of this movie was going to be that dinosaurs now coexist with us, and we're going to have to try to stop it until learning, well, I guess we're just going to have to accept it. But the movie wasn't really even about trying to stop it. It was just about getting this one clone girl back to save the world from these bugs. And then it takes place on basically what is another Jurassic Park island like we keep seeing in the movie that was supposed to be about dinosaurs throughout the whole world. And then, oh, they get back to, oh yeah, we just gotta accept it, but that was kind of their point at the beginning of the movie, and really, even if you didn't think this was a flawed plot, I mean, it just, in my head, I don't know why this was the climax to the trilogy either, because it was so much just another one that they just happened to throw the cast from the first movie and this franchise back in together, but I, ugh,
0: it successfully puts a cap on the level of quality I've come to expect from the Jurassic World trilogy. It is one of the most pointless film trilogies <laughs> I've seen. In qua- I mean, I I don't I can't think of another because. I mean, yes, Alex. There are moments like that you and I both both are fine with in these movies, and I like when they actually put in new dinosaurs or yeah. like try to build on lore of because I uh, yeah I like things that they are had... new
1: are good if they're not just redoing something again. You know, because there are like hundreds of possibilities of things you can do. I mean, I think that's what I mean. I might find it hard to believe, but that's what some people went in hoping to see, like something they haven't already seen before, because this is supposed to be. A continuation of this world and not not a remake of a movie that you could never outdo.
0: But instead, it is three movies that are all just basically remakes of Jurassic Park. Three no, times.
1: I mean, I can tell you, like, I saw all three of these Jurassic World movies in theaters. And I missed the big Star Wars phase when I was a kid. You know, growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s. I didn't see any of that in theaters, but... I very much feel now that I got to experience what a lot of fans were feeling when they went to see those prequels back then, episodes 1, 2, and 3, going in and being disappointed and hoping the next one will be better. I mean, at least with those, the third one is considerably better than the other two, but I can't say that Jurassic World Dominion is considerably better than the other two Jurassic World movies. You might disagree with me on this, but... Even though this had the best moment in any of those movies with the the giant clawed bird before they ruined it. Or the, the whole story put together just is so beyond the realm of the, the suspension of disbelief that I, I don't know. I think, though I wouldn't recommend any of the world movies, I would probably say the first one was the best in my opinion.
0: I don't know. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen either because after watching I saw both the previous movies in theaters, too. And after that, I never wanted to see either of them again. <laughs> so I can't really speak to how they may hold up now. Right. I can just say that, overall, I found the cast of characters the least irritating in this movie. That, and yeah, that's I true. found And I found some of the sequences here to be... W- some that I enjoyed more than anything in the previous two films. That's, that's where I stand. But do, but if I were to like overall give an opinion on the movie, I say it's the Jurassic world. I hated the least Uh huh. (laughs) pretty is basically where I stand.
1: All right. I might agree with you. I don't think I hate this one the least, even if I think it was better than the previous movie. That doesn't mean I don't hate it more than the previous movie though. Well, we can safely say don't, bother seeing this in theaters unless you've invested in seeing it in theaters out of principle
0: hey i'm the audience i was with like i said alex they they had a great time they were like it was mean, really good so I, I think if we set our okay. expectations to what uh, the average audience wants which is just you know to see some dinosaurs that's probably they're probably going to be satisfied
1: I, I mean okay on those grounds if you're gonna see it maybe you would rather see it Uh, though a really stupid movie it's still a fun movie theater experience and it might be more worthwhile to see there than
0: to see at home i could give it that it's certainly not something worth owning ever no uh certainly not and 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 that's that's the thing alex we're coming from a bit of a different perspective than i assume a lot of the audience members in my theater were where you know they they see the jurassic name and they're like oh i i i enjoy these type of movies i think dinosaurs are cool i just want to see some dinosaurs and you and i are coming from the perspective of, you know, even if... Obviously, it's not going to live up to the legacy of Jurassic Park, but can it at least be something worthwhile that builds upon what was set up and also shows us some new dinosaurs or even like shows a bit of research into what we know about dinosaurs now and Dominion like you said does some of that there's some new species in here that are like original dinosaurs it's just that overall it it's it's so underwhelming just like the previous two movies that it makes me just look back on all of this and go what was the point
1: alright and I mean I like you mentioned with uh, some of the younger kids In the theaters, I think there's definitely an age gap. Maybe some of my nostalgia of growing up in the Jurassic Park phase of the late '90s and early 2000s. Oh yeah, good old Dino play into that. (laughs) But I mean, I was really satisfied with the third Jurassic Park movie because even though you said that's what like kids they just wanted to see a dinosaur movie. I mean, Jurassic Park three was just a dinosaur movie. They don't do anything with it. It's literally they go to an island and get chased, and that's. Like what I wanted to see with this movie, except it's in the world, you know, like there are dinosaurs among us. If you could just string some sort of story together without being so convoluted. So you didn't have to like try to make all these points. We didn't need a conspiracy with another scientist and all these weird convoluted lessons. If it could have just been a movie about people trying to escape from dinosaurs. If you could have just stitched it together in a way that worked and not had any other point to it. Like that would have been great. Oh well, this was probably the last one. Well, I'm sure it's The Last World. I don't know if it's the honestly the end we'll see of the Jurassics or not, but I can't see them really wanting to do anything else anytime soon, but I think the point of putting these films on go was to keep Universal Studios' theme parks from having to revamp one of the most popular sections, which is the, well, it was the Jurassic Park Islands of Adventure. I believe now it is Jurassic World, but, you know, you don't have to redo the whole section of the park, necessarily. They just have to revamp a lot of things. And I think, for the sake of theme park sales, we may continue to see other Jurassic movies. Well, Brandon, it's been all. (laughs) Yep, it's been a lot of fun dissecting why this movie, based off my favorite franchise as a child, is bad, so.
0: Just like the characters at the end of the original Jurassic Park, I do not endorse this one. Well, that was exhausting, and... Sad, but that's just how it goes sometimes. I think for the next episode, I'm in the mood to watch something that I know is probably going to be good. If you have any suggestions, you can send them to Podcast at gmail.com. And for more episodes of Overthinking Movies, you can find us on goldhitswkva.com, star967.com, and wchx1055.com and click on the podcast tab at the top. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, pretty much any app you can get your podcasts on. And if we're not on your podcast app, let us know. Even though I know it'll probably never happen, I feel like this is the time that some studio needs to step up and make another dinosaur series. There is so much potential for telling a compelling dinosaur story. And from a story and writing perspective, you don't need to try hard to be better than the Jurassic World movies. For now, my recommendation is to check out the documentary series Prehistoric Planet, currently airing on Apple TV+, which is a series based on our current real research on how these dinosaurs lived and acted. Executive produced by Jon Favreau, who is of course the effects guy on the remakes of Jungle Book and Lion King. And while I can't speak to those movies, I can say that he's excellent with directing CGI special effects and would be a really good choice to create a documentary series where we can visualize what these dinosaurs would be like. For now, that's a wrap.